As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. The waiting is over. The New York Rangers are the Stanley Cup champions. And this one will last a lifetime. Howdy, everybody. Arthur Staple here. Welcome back to the Garden Faithful, your Rangers podcast from The Athletic. Joined, as always, by my producer, Chris Flannery. Chris, what's going on? Oh, man. Looking forward to uh, talking about this series with you. That's right. Game one is tonight. Rangers-Penguins. We could only sort of hint at it last week because we still had some games left to go. But now we know. Rangers and Penguins here in the first round. Game one tonight at at what will be a sold-out loud garden. Uh, Even just seeing the first game's... Last night, uh, whether it was down in Carolina, which is always, you know, it's it feels like it's been so long since we had proper playoff games. It's nice to be reminded that like, oh, yeah, I was in Carolina three years ago for Islanders, for Islanders Hurricanes in round two. And the place was nuts, Um, you know, seeing the crowd in Edmonton, too, even though they lost. It's, uh, you know, I hate to be all misty eyed already a day into this, but uh, it sure is nice to see games being played in home arenas with fans going nuts. It's the playoffs. Everybody loves it, right? Yeah, oh, 100%. Yeah, I mean, the you know, to look, you're like going from the bubble situation where they were putting in like fake crowd din in the background, which right. was driving me insane. It's like, yeah, seeing when Austin Matthews blasted the the shot home last night and the crowd goes insane. Yeah, that's that's what we're waiting for. And it's the garden's going to be uh, equally or uh, even more intense than than it was everywhere else. So I'm looking forward to it. And uh, judging by some of the pre-series hype, whether it was my own picks, your own, I'm sure your picks that you made, or uh, the Rangers Confidential story that we posted yesterday, where I talked to a few of uh, people I know in the in the in the hockey world, scouts, a couple of executives, and a, a coach, 
uh, nobody really gives the Penguins a chance in this series. And we'll break down as the show goes on why we feel like the Penguins have no chance. But um, well, when you when you knew it was the Penguins, Chris, and we talked about this last week, that was the matchup that you wanted. And I was saying probably the most favorable matchup for the Rangers whether between Pittsburgh and Washington. When you look at this Penguins lineup uh, and think about the games that two teams played, roster versus roster, uh, what are the things that stand out to you about why the Rangers have such an edge going in? Well, I think I think right off the top, I think if you look at um, you know the depth that the Rangers have versus what the Penguins have, I think you know you're you're happy with the way that they match up, especially you know in the bottom six. Our top six matches up really, I think, against any team in the league. Um, I, of course, Crosby and Malkin are you know, big X factors in this series where you're going to have to keep them uh, under control as, as, as anytime you play the Penguins. But I think, you know, we, we can do that based on Lindgren and Fox and uh, Miller and Truba. You have two really strong shutdown pairs, which we've talked about, you know, extensively on the show before. Um, and I think, you know, they're going to be up to the task to be able to kind of keep, keep those two guys, the two superstars on their team in check. Then when you look at the bottom six, I think the Rangers have a real opportunity to uh, do some damage there. You'd love to see the Lafreniere, Hedl, Kako line. And, you know, we'll talk about the fourth line who, who's going to be on that. Uh, But I think you can, you can see, you know, how Barclay Goudreau would have an advantage against, you know, a Penguins uh, third or fourth line. I think you could see how, you know, depending on if it's Ryan Reeves or Bra- um, Dryden Hunt, excuse me, I was going to say Braden Hunt, Dryden Hunt, you could see how they could probably get in and, and and do some damage against those lines and maybe pin the Penguins in their zone for extended uh, periods of time. So that that's something that I think is going to be, a, a you know, a, something to watch going into the series. But just generally, I think, you know, and obviously in goal, which we get into, um, the Rangers should have an advantage with Shesterkin. I also think... Um, and we talked about this last week a bit when we were getting into who we'd like to see them play. I think the Penguins are going to play a more speed game. You know, they're more offensive team. They're not as physical as the Capitals would have been. And I think the Rangers maybe have an opportunity to be the more physical team in this series. Um, you know, and, and these, these are all things that I think are going to lead to possibly a short series. I will say this, there, there's nothing that makes me m- more nervous as a Rangers fan than when everybody's like, oh, this is going to be an easy one for the Rangers. You know, they're going <laughs> to uh, run through the Penguins. Don't worry about the Penguins. And then, you know, you end up in double overtime in game seven or something. But, I, I you know, I, I do think realistically the Rangers are should be the favorite here, um, you know, and, and we'll see how it plays out. But I think it'll be less physical than against the Capitals. And uh, that par- probably plays into the Rangers strength there. Yeah. You know, the, I think when you talk about playoff experience, which is obviously an area where the Penguins have a pretty distinct advantage because they have their, their core three of Sidney Crosby, of Guinea Malkin, Chris Letang, they've been together um, and played, I think more playoff games as a trio than almost anybody in league history going back maybe to the, you know, like the Canadians of the seventies, if, if you had to go that far back. Um, and those guys can play a playoff style game. They, you know, they, all three of them have a little nasty edge to them. Uh, Crosby, especially, I think, I think he's a guy, you know, if we're going to, if we're going to talk up the Penguins in any way, Sid is a guy who can blend that dominating style that he can play where he just seems to have the puck on a string sometimes or finds him or he banks shots in from crazy angles where he just, you know, he's such a smart player, Mm -hmm. but also he can be a nasty player and, uh, and he is not a guy who can be thrown off his game by a little extra physicality. So, um, I don't think that's the case for some of his line mates. I, you know, I've, and I say this having watched the Islanders beat the Penguins in the first round, two of the last three years, 
where a guy like Jake Gensel can be rattled by some physicality. I think uh, a guy like Danton Heinen, who's not really a proven player, is you know, starting on the second line with Malkin and, and Ricard Raquel. Um, another guy who I don't think is 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 built for postseason type stuff. The the benefit not only with those big three guys, but they've got Jeff Carter, who I think is always a real primetime playoff player, even though he's getting up there in age. And they've got our old friend Brian Boyle, who has been through the wars for over a decade and seemingly, you know, he's a guy who makes this when he when he's playing, he makes the second or third round seemingly every year, uh, you know, from his time at the Rangers to the time in Tampa. Um, he's a real primetime player. And I think he know, he's a guy who knows what it takes to in terms of the, the line with physicality and, and extra, you know, extracurricular stuff. Um, but I think really the place where the Rangers can exploit the Penguins is their back end and in goal. Yes. You know, I think if we're talking goalie versus goalie matchup, Igor Shesterkin has seen a ton of rubber this year. You know, the Penguins, I think just by the data, they're a big volume shooting team. They want to get a lot of pucks funneling towards the net. They do play a speed game and they and they can counter well. But I think their their aim is to is to throw a lot of rubber towards the net and scramble around for rebounds and be in the right position. And that's not something that's worked on Igor Shesterkin at all this year. You know, he, the, the more shots he sees, the better he gets. You know, his record, I think, facing 40 or more shots, whatever it is, 8-0, 9-0 or something over the course of his, his two-year NHL career. This is a guy, not much rattles him like that. So um, I don't know if that's a strategy that's going to work, and it is really Pittsburgh's main strategy. And I think if you look at their D, you know, they've got Chris Letang, who, who I had on my Norris ballot. He had a fantastic year. You know, he's a guy who's who's uh, had a lot of major injuries in the course of his career, but is still a guy who they can rely on offensively. And like I said, he, he's a, you know, he plays a lot bigger than he is. And they've got Brian Dumoulin, who's had a bit of a down year and has also struggled through some injuries, but that's a decent top pair. You get beyond that and you've got Michael Matheson and Chad Ruedel uh, and Marcus Pedersen and John Marino. And Marino, I think, was a guy that a lot of people thought when he was a rookie was going to be a guy who's a, a legit top four guy for them and really hasn't put it together. That bottom second and third pair, and you got to pick your poison, especially when you're on the road for Mike Sullivan. You're like, you know, Dumoulin and Latang can only play so much, and you're going to put them out against Mika Zibanejad's line. You're going to put them out against Ryan Strom's line, um, and you're not going to get the matchup you want all the time on the road. So these first two games, that's where the Rangers can really, I think, exploit them in terms of how they move the puck around with their top six. And like you said, if that kid line – uh, which is not going to get a lot of minutes, I don't think. I think you're going to see a lot of that fourth line with Barkley Goodrow and Kevin Rooney, and and we'll talk more later about whether it's Ryan Reeves or Dryden Hunt. Um, I think we both have pretty strong opinions, even though in the general scheme of things, it's not a huge decision. Yeah. Um, but I think that third line is kind of starting from a place of you got to earn some trust and you got to make your make your minutes count because Lafreniere, Heedle, and Kako are not going to get a lot of minutes. They're essentially the fourth line going into this series, so they've got to exploit their matchups, especially at home, win some battles, chip in a goal or two, or else I think you're going to see them kind of take a back seat and maybe you'll see Lafreniere or Kako kind of slot in depending on who's going well with one of the other lines. But um, that's a real area where if the, if that third line gets going, then I think it's curtains for Pittsburgh really fast because, like we said, you know what you're going to get from your top six. You know what you're going to get from the big boys on the Penguins for the most part. But it's in those margin areas where uh, where the Rangers can really exploit them. And if they can get going and really get DeSmith rattled where he's thinking like, oh, I don't have to see Kreider and Zibanejad now or I don't have to see Panarin and, and Kopp and Strom. Like I've got these other guys, fine. And then one of them puts a puck by him. Forget it. I don't think his confidence is going to be there. 
Yeah, no, absolutely. I, 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 I do definitely agree with that. And then Lafreniere to me is the one on that kid line, especially where he seems like the type that's going to thrive in this moment. Like he, he doesn't seem like the type that's going to back down at all in a playoff series. He can get a little nasty when he has to. And I, I think that's going to be um, really fun to watch. These are the, you know, these are the moments when, and these are the rounds where you, you see what, what the core of this team can look like a team that does have Stanley cup aspirations, if not this season, certainly in the next, you know, year or two. Um, and I think, you know, this is where it all starts. So it, it, it's going to be very interesting to see what, what the kids can do. And, and I agree, I think all, uh, you know, with the matchups, uh, you know, going against that third pair D on the penguins and, and trying to get uh, to do Smith outside of the top six, I think is going to be where the series is kind of won, um, you know, and, and, and we'll see how it goes tonight. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. So tonight, the really only decision that's left, and Gerard Gallant said yesterday he didn't he he seemed to be genuine and said he didn't know which way he was gonna go. It's it's between Dryden Hunt and Ryden Reeves for the kind of that fourth line right wing spot. Now, I will say this with a caveat that I didn't expect. Tyler Mott, who hasn't skated since the last time these two teams met, where he took a big hit uh and seemed like he had a shoulder or, or collarbone injury, um, and was sort of presumed to be out indefinitely. Not skating. I don't know if Gallant was just, you know, playoff smoke screens or a common thing with coaches. Um, didn't rule him out for the series, I think, was the way that they put it. Uh, I'm personally probably ru- ruling him out if he hasn't been on the ice in a month. But, yeah. um, boy, if they had him, these deci- you know, it would be Mott and Goodrow and Rooney on that fourth line. And you really feel a lot better about whatever decision he has to make. So the decision now is Reeves or Hunt. And I think we both agreed last week. That if this was Washington, you'd definitely see Ryan Reeves. You're willing to sacrifice some speed and some, you know, ability to to carry a play or, or you know, play a little bit more to the system with a guy who is a bit of a de- who can be a deterrent. And you need a lot of deterrence when you're facing the Caps. And I'm curious to see that game will be going on the same their game one against Florida. I'm curious to see what sort of sideshow that turns into because that could be a real a real wild one with some of the guys they have on both those teams, but. Pittsburgh, like you said, not going to be as physical. I mean, that might be physical in the course of the game. I don't think it's going to be a lot of like cross checks after whistles or things like right. that right off the right. bat. Um, so the decision is, do you sacrifice what Hunt can give you, which is decent speed and a guy who's been in the lineup a lot this year, who knows the system well, knows his limitations versus Reeves, who I think we've seen at times when he's not throwing big hits, which is helpful and certainly gets the crowd going. Um doesn't always, you know, do the things that you want to see a fourth liner do, which is, you know, 
hunt down pucks, cycle, you know, 30, 35 seconds where the other team doesn't have the puck and then get off the ice. So where do you come down on that decision, Chris? Yeah, I mean, well, and let me say this, Dryden Hunt is coming off the goal of his career, uh, <laughs> you know, over the weekend or whatever in the last game they played, he, he scored a beauty. Um, that notwithstanding, I mean, to me, I think that it's important to have a guy with playoff experience, which Ryan Reeves certainly does. He has a ton of it. Um, like you said, a guy who can get the crowd going, and I think will get the crowd going early. And I think that's going to be important. This is, you know, let's not forget the Rangers do have some Older players, obviously, that the top six has has experience, but not a ton of playoff experience. And there are some kids throughout this lineup. I think it, I think um, just going on that that factor, I think. And also, you know, like we've talked about, I, I don't think the Penguins are um, a gr- like I don't think they match up particularly well against the Rangers. I think the Rangers do have the advantage throughout the lineup in goal on defense. So I don't think you're, um, you know, making this decision between Hunt and Reeves thinking that it's going to decide the game. You know, I, I don't think that's true. Like you said, I think there, there are pros and cons to having Ryan Reeves uh, in the lineup. To me, I think the pros outweigh the cons, especially in a game one at home, first time back, you know, at the Garden in a long time for a playoff game. I think you get him out there, um, you know, let him throw some hits early. And like you said, there could be a lot of uh, mixing and matching of the third and fourth line as the game goes along, and you, you kind of play it by ear. If he doesn't have a good game, if it looks like he's really – outmatched speed wise, then, then you have the option to put uh Dryden hunt in or, you know, any combination you want to do on that, on that third, you know, on the fourth line. So uh, to me, I, I think it's important to have an experienced guy, a leader in the locker room, somebody who's well-liked and, and somebody who definitely could um, change the momentum of a game, depending on, on how it's going or set the tone early um, just in a way, no disrespect that Dryden hunt is not going to be able to do in all likelihood. And I think, I think, in a weird way, I think Ryan Reeves maybe has a little more, if he can get set in the offensive zone, if he can get in there, um, I think he does have a little bit, maybe more offense sometimes than, than Dryden Hunt does, which sounds crazy, but, but I do actually, uh, I feel that way. So to me, it's, it's, it's Ryan Reeves. And if, uh, you know, it doesn't go well, then you have the option to put Hunt in, in, in game two and beyond. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you and I'll give a slightly different reason why I think, I mean, I, I do agree in general that Gallant's decision, he's going to go with Reeves tonight for sure. Um, And normally I would say, you know, people might be groaning a little bit because, like we said, you know what Reeves gives you, which, uh, you know, on the the non-crushing hit side is not a lot. Um, But I think also in discussing that that third line too, you've essentially set up your bottom six where uh, you can can mix and match. You could very easily see if – Philip Heedle's having a having a rough go, which we've seen him have a lot. You don't force him out there. You put Barkley Goodrow out between those two guys with Lafreniere and Kako. Or if you start to get late in the game and Laf- one of Lafreniere and Kako is going well, you you put them out with Rooney and Goodrow. Kako most likely because he's probably the most defensive defensively aware of those guys. You basically you're turning your bottom six into kind of a mix and match four or five guys once you get down to you know late second period, early third period, depending on the score. So, um, you know, you don't want to shorten your bench from the drop of the puck, but you've given yourself the option there. And you can obviously do the same with with Dryden Hunt, but I think their feeling is the the benefit that Ryan Reeves gives you in a first game, the emotional lift, some of the physical stuff that he can get the crowd into and get his teammates into, and also just the – just the kind of guy that he is. Um, You know, you've got three guys on that that young – Third, fourth line, um, you know, is, is essentially going to be all of their first real playoff experiences. So, um, 
it's probably better to have a guy like Reeves who I think everybody, you know, looks up to in a little bit, uh, you know, and is, is a guy who, who kind of takes the, takes the tension out of the room sometimes with, with how he, he carries himself. And, um, that can be a valuable thing to have, especially for, you know, you, you can forget how many young guys are on this team and how many guys are going through this the first, for the first time. Yeah, it can be a valuable thing. It's an invaluable thing to have somebody like that around. I mean, that's, you know, I, I bring it up a lot because I think people were upset about the trade, but you'd also love to have a guy like a Sammy Blay in that bottom six right now. You know what I mean? It's you, like you, you you'd love, love to have that. I do. Sammy. I, I really do. That's my, he's my, uh, yeah, he's my dark horse uh, guy. But <laughs> but that's the thing. You can't win, you know, you cannot win playoff series without guys like that. And, you know, like you're saying, there are some drawbacks to having Ryan Reeves in the lineup, but I think the the it, it it's outweighed by what he brings to the game and how he can change a game. And listen, it's just they've talked about it right from the beginning when they brought him in. If anything, if any, if nothing more, rather than than he lets the guys play a little bit bigger, knowing that if something goes down, they have him there. You know what I mean? That that really does make a difference. Dryden Hunt does play a physical game. He can play obviously a faster game, but um, the, to me, that's the right decision if Ryan Reeves is in the lineup tonight. And you know, it, it doesn't. Uh, I don't think it makes or breaks the series, but it's certainly going to help. Uh, you know, the the confidence and the energy. I think going into game one. The other decision, which I think has already been made just based on what we've seen in practice the last couple of days, it's going to be Patrick Nemeth and Braden Schneider on the third pair. Justin Braun is going to be, you know, kind of your break glass emergency number seven guy. And that emergency, that may come depending on how we see uh, Patrick Nemeth play in that third pair. And I don't think it, it's as big a decision now. If they were, if game one was in Pittsburgh, I think you'd be you'd be waiting to pull the trigger on either one of those guys. And you you know, I think based on how they played, you'd you'd probably hope that uh, if things went south, that they would put Justin Braun in in place of Nemeth. Um, but I think on home ice, you've got enough to shelter those guys. And really, you know, they they've given some of their some of their top four guys a bit of a rest over this last week. Um, nobody's been really overtaxed with games. Uh, and I think you're just going to, you know, you're going to see uh, Adam Fox and Ryan Lindgren play a lot. Lindgren did block a shot on Friday and missed a day of practice. So you got to, you know, keep that in the back of your mind. Um, and then you've got Keandre Miller and Jacob Truba. And I feel like those four guys are going to play a lot. You're going to see a lot of 20 plus minute nights from those four. And I think you're going to see he- heavily sheltered minutes for Nemeth and Schneider. Nemeth is going to do a lot of PK work but uh, if they need to. But yeah. Um, so I don't think that's as egregious a decision as some people might think right off the bat, but you do sort of keep in the back of your mind um, that you want to see Nemeth especially kind of step up and bring some of that, you know, be a little bit more physical in a smarter way than he has throughout a lot of the season and not really become a guy who's, you know, taking a lot of uh, obstruction penalties like he has during the season where he's not moving his feet well enough in the D zone. Because one thing the Penguins will do like we said, they're a volume shooting team and they will get their chances in the offensive zone and they do have three lines that can contribute. So, um, you know, not a totally controversial decision since it didn't seem to be much of a decision for Gerard Gallant. But uh, but I know we're, you know, not a, not everybody around is the biggest Patrick Nemeth fan. Yeah, I mean, I'm not, um, you know, I mean, I, I, I'm not like on Patrick Nemeth the way that I think maybe some people can be. I don't love the decision though, if I'm being honest, because I think if this turns into a, a situation, well, Sorry. I'm, I'm just like, you know, I don't hate the guy, but are you kidding me that he's playing? <laughs> no, I mean, I don't think it's an are you kidding me, but I, I, I would not have gone that way. I think I liked what I saw with Braun, Braun and, um, you know, Schneider together. Uh, obvious. I mean, I understand you want the left handed 
shot on the left side. You want the right end a shot on the right side. Fine. That, you know, Nemeth has been there most of the season. Uh, you know, you could say he's earned his, his chance to, to play in game one. And then kind of probably the same logic as, um, you know, with Ryan Reeves, but, but like you said, I think if you end up taking penalties in the defensive zone and give Pittsburgh a chance to get on the power play, that's where the team could actually, you know, make this a lot tighter of a series. I think if they play five on five, the Rangers are going to have the advantage most of the time. And if the Rangers can get themselves on the power play by playing a solid five on five game, then I think, you know, that's, that's really where the advantage is for the Rangers. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I, like you said, I don't think it's a controversial decision, but it's probably not the way that I would go. But uh, that being said, I don't uh, make the decisions for the Rangers, and and I'm sure Gerard Gallant knows what he's doing, and and, and we'll see where it goes. But I think uh, yeah, I, I, that was the other point I wanted to make. We saw a lot, you know, going through uh, you know NHL Twitter last night, a lot, especially in the Leafs um, Lightning game. Saw a lot of praise for the referees. Oh, look, they're not. They are calling everything. They are making sure that they don't throw the the rule book away, which I don't think is going to last. I think that's going to be like a one, you know, to two game thing. And then they're going to go back to doing what they normally do in the playoffs. But if the game is going to be called, you know, I'm doing air quotes tighter the way that it's played during the regular season, you know, Nemeth does tend to take some penalties on the back end there. And I, and again, I think if you put Malkin Crosby and those guys on the power play, that could be a problem. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. So uh, we've evaluated as much as we can. Uh, we've criticized some of the Rangers mar- on the decisions on the margins. Uh, at least Chris has because he hates Patrick <laughs> Nemeth. <laughs> yeah, that's my uh, new thing now. Yeah, I'm going to get you a shirt to match your, the Breadman shirt that I know you're wearing right now. I certainly. Um, what do you you know? What's your overview of of the series? You know, I, it's I know it's hard to be objective, but uh, but give me your your prediction for how this series is going to how you see this series going and you know we can we'll 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 break them down and see if we want to even look beyond that i i tend to want to just go round by round everybody wants to like do the whole bracket right now i'm like yeah we can wait but so all right chris flannery rangers penguins what's your call uh my call is and i know this is your call as well but i i promise i i did my bracket before i saw your call uh i i I think the rangers do this in five I, i don't think they in my gut, I don't think the Rangers lose a game at home. I think they've played so well at home. I think they're going to be able to get the right matchups. Um, I think the Garden is really going to be um, crazy throughout. And I just think that this team has too many weapons, especially on the power play. Shesterkin's going to be there if they need him, God willing, right? We we have to see we have to see it in practice. We have to see how it works uh, actually in a in a playoff round. But I, the way that he's played all year and kind of his demeanor, I, I think he, it's going to be able to carry over, and he's going to kind of thrive off, off this environment. So to me, I think the Rangers um, win every game at home. Maybe they drop one on, on the road because um, Pittsburgh's an experienced team. They do have Crosby. They do have Malkin. Maybe, maybe they get one, but I think, uh, I, I think it ends up being a short series, which I don't know if that maybe you'd rather see them play six games just to get a little extra, um, you know, experience potentially going into a second round. But uh, my official pick is uh, New York Rangers in five. Uh, now, now let me get, 
let me get this straight. You want them to lose an extra game and possibly get to a game seven, which is a total coin flip, just to like get some playoff experience. No, hundred percent. Is that what you just said? Nope, nope. I'd love to see them sweep. Uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> uh, man, it has been a long time since the Rangers have been in the playoffs because you've forgotten at all what it's like to play extra playoff games, especially after a whack ass season like this with COVID and all the nonsense. No, play as few playoff games as possible. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, no, I, I no, I agreed. I think the Rangers Sorry, are five. I, I don't it. want them to play six. But let me say this. You know, we just got so spoiled over the years with Henrik Lundqvist in game seven. It's like, whatever, we're just going to shut out the other team anyway. <laughs> right. So, no yeah, problem. no. Yeah. I think, I think uh, and, and back in the old days when I would switch over from the hapless Islanders to cover a very long Rangers playoff run, I would kind of do that. Like, could these guys not play seven games every series <laughs> no, so, I could, <laughs> so I could get a couple days off? Uh, yeah, they never could, it seemed. But so now I think when you have the opportunity, you take advantage of it. I, I agree. Like I said, Rangers in five. It doesn't, you know, yeah, you're always a little wary of feeling so confident going into a series and you never know what can happen. Um, but I feel like this is, you know, w- between the goaltending situation for Pittsburgh and to be perfectly honest, I don't even know if a healthy Tristan Jari would have, you know, might have added a game to it for me, but not a not a ton changes. It just feels like, you know, it, it has a real last hurrah feel for the Penguins and and for their, you know, that core three that they have. And you're probably, you know, Brian Rust is a free agent. A lot of the guys that have given them a lot of success when they won their back-to-back cups are uh, kind of reaching the end. And that doesn't, it doesn't end pretty. You know, I think it's a nice, seems like a nice story with a team like that could make a, a big run, but it hardly ever happens because... Injuries, what you know, like guys are, you know, Evgeny Malkin really hasn't been 100% healthy all year. Um, it, it just, just looking at it strictly from that, like, you know, kind of the soft focus Disney story type thing, like, it doesn't always end like that, especially in the NHL, because you just, just body can't, just can't take all those extra games. Um, and then from the Rangers standpoint, yeah, they're young, they're, they're inexperienced relative to Pittsburgh. But I think the way that they've gone through this season, and, I, you know, this season, a lot like some of the last couple of seasons, has been a real challenge. I think mentally for guys in the NHL, even experienced guys, you know, you're you're navigating uh, the pandemic world, which we all are, trying to keep our families from getting sick and figuring things out on the fly. It takes a lot of mental energy, um, and I feel like the way that they've handled it, and that's I think where Gallant and Mike Kelly and Gord Murphy get a lot of credit is. Um, when you have a, a head coach like Gallant, who's who's much more concerned with with the mental side of things and how his players are feeling and approaching things, as opposed to drilling systems and X's and O's into their heads, um, you give them a little bit of freedom, a little bit of relief to play the way that they want to play. They've really buckled down. I feel like in the last couple months to be a much tighter defensive team, where they're not just standing around waiting for Igor to make four or five great saves. Um, so I just it just feels like. Pittsburgh was really good in the beginning of the year and the Rangers were kind of a mess, even though they were piling up points. And then it's just really flipped for me. You know, I, I, it just seems like Pittsburgh's kind of worn down. Like we said, I don't think they have a ton of depth and they've had some injuries uh, and their defense. You know, I give Mike Sullivan a ton of credit for that roster to finish where they did. But uh, but I feel like this is, you know, where you when you start to run out of gas towards the end of the season and then you get into this playoff series where you're getting you're getting stonewalled and frustrated by the best goalie in the league. And you've got some skilled guys who can, you know, the Rangers could win every game two nothing in this series or three, nothing. And that would be more than enough for them. They've really, they've really figured out um, 
how to be okay with winning games like that. And I think that's a big progression that they've had this year that they don't feel like they have to run it up or open it up or do anything like that. They've, and I think feel like Mika Zibanejad, if you can say that a number one center on a, on a 110 point team is underrated, I feel like he's a little bit underrated for the way that he plays away from the puck. And I'm interested to see, you know, if that's going to be the matchup him against Crosby, um, whether this series can kind of burnish Zibanejad's credentials as a true number one who can play both ends of the ice we see it because we watch him every day, whether it's yeah. it'll become more common to to refer to this guy as a legit number one. If they play the series and it plays out the way that we both think, um, I think a lot of attention is going to is going to fall on him. And rightly so, because he's he's the best forward that they have, the most complete forward that they have. And it's been him kind of driving the bus on this change they've had the last couple of months. Yeah, I completely agree with you. I mean, this is this is the this is the time it starts. You know what I mean? This is really where. The, this core gets the opportunity to to take over and try to take this team um, ultimately to a Stanley Cup. We we saw it with you know the Derek Stepan Ryan Callahan era teams. You know they where they really had their chance and they they made it to the finals and obviously it didn't they didn't win but they they got there and they took it as far as they could and I think this is your, tonight um, and this opening round against the Penguins is really the um, the first step. You, you know you see that the Rangers are going into the series as the favorite. Which, you know, I don't know if a lot of people would have thought that at the beginning of the season, but as like you said, as you watch it progress and you see, you know, people turn into the players that um, you'd like to see them uh, become, whether it be the young guys, but then you also see guys like Barclay Goudreau uh, play a big role, score, you know, career high in points. Like you said, Mika Zibanejad has, has turned into really one of, an, you know, an elite center in the league, a two-way center. Uh, Chris Kreider obviously having a career year. Uh, Panarin is going to do what Panarin does. So, you know, you, you see all that happening and this is, uh, you know, this is just the first step tonight. But yes, I think, uh, you know, getting into the playoffs and getting onto the bigger stage, I think people are really going to realize, um, you know, we've seen the I've seen the phrase used that they're the Rangers are no longer a paper tiger. You know, they they are their record reflects how good they are. And I think people are actually going to going to see that, um, especially if they can exploit the matchups that they think they will uh, against the Penguins. And, and you know, it's going to be really exciting to see. All right. So I made my predictions on Twitter uh, two days ago because yeah. I, if I think about these things for more than like 90 seconds, it turns into shit, really. <laughs> I, I just yeah. – it's what's funny to me is that especially in all my years putting stupid predictions up on Twitter, even at the beginning of the season, um, fans get really upset about it. If you don't pick their team in a certain spot or you don't pick their team to win, they're just like, you're biased. Or It's just like if you knew how little <laughs> predictions really factored into how we do the job, you know, reporting on a team or whatever, like – you know, I I picked the Rangers in five because I think they're gonna beat them in five. It's not I have no other agenda. If people really knew, uh, also like what what reporters who have covered a full season and traveled around, I haven't done a ton of that this year. But switching over from the Islanders, to the Rangers was kind of a busy time back in you know Thanksgiving, Christmas. We all just want to be home for the off season with our family. So don't ever ask a reporter. What do you really think? Like, because then they'll tell you and you'll be really disillusioned. So <laughs> right. <clears throat> let's just whip around here for you. Uh, you can and if you've thought about it. Sure. Great. If you haven't, you're just going to have to blurt something out, Chris. So yeah. um, in the East, we both say Rangers in five. Uh, the other uh, Metro Division series is Carolina Boston, which started last night even. So I, I'll stick with my prediction for it. I said Bruins in six. Where are you on that one? Uh, I have Carolina in six, actually. I just, yeah. I, I, yeah, you know, they look, the, they look, they look great last night. I'm not so sure Antti Ranta can hold up for a whole series, but he certainly looked 
real good in game one. So that they were they got off to a good start. Yeah. Um, also off to a good start, Toronto really smoked uh, Tampa. I had Leafs in six. I was ridiculed for it because Tampa is the two-time defending champs. Where do you stand on this one? Yeah, I don't ridicule you. I think that's not a bad pick. I, I'm i not going to pick against the Lightning until they lose, basically. So I, I have the Lightning in seven, actually, which I apologize to the Leafs fans, but I think that's a that's okay. possibility. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and the other series in, that, uh, in the Atlantic is Florida and Washington, which starts tonight. I think it's going to be a lot closer than people think. I said Panthers in seven. How about you? Um, I think there'll be maybe closer games, but I don't think it's, I think it's going to be a short series. I had the, pan- the Panthers in five. Okay. Yeah. Perfectly reasonable. Now out West, we had a couple of series that started last night. Uh, we'll start with St. Louis, Minnesota. I've been a big blues supporter all year long. I have blues in six, which looks pretty good after last night. How about you? Yeah, it definitely looks good after last night. I think that was a wild decision to, st- no pun intended to start Mark Andre Fleury instead of can't tell it there, but whatever. Uh, I have the Wild in seven. I think uh, you know Kaprizov is such an X factor in that series. Still possible. It's yeah. only been one game. Yeah. Uh, and the other series in that uh, division is uh, Colorado Nashville. I have Avs in four. Uh, if I could have picked three, I would have gone with that. Nash- <laughs> UC- no UC Saros means this series is is over before it starts to me. Yeah, I, I I mean I agree. I have the I have the Avs in five. You know, I just I, I always have a hard time picking a sweep for whatever reason, but uh, the Avalanche should win that series for sure. And uh, another road team won game one last night out of Edmonton. The Kings beat the Oilers. Uh, I said Oilers in seven, but I really uh, – I, I chewed on this one for a long time. I think this is a terrible matchup for Edmonton, especially if Mike Smith is going to play the way he played last night. Uh, L.A. is – they are a tough, t- tough team. So I said Oilers in seven, but I'm I'm still on the fence about it even after – game one last night what about you yeah absolutely i went back and forth on that one i i actually have kings in seven i think they play such a nice. you know a strong defensive game i think they can they can figure it out and uh calgary dallas is the last one they start tonight i like you i have a little trouble picking a sweep even though i picked the abs pretty quickly uh this one i went back and forth between flames sweep and flames and five i settled on flames and five i actually what got over my fear i went flames and four <laughs> okay well <laughs> there you go couple of slightly different but we're very much on the same page here we'll have to see uh how the the ones where we flipped a coin were st louis mini carolina boston i'm not feeling so good about that one after watching last night but (laughs) uh that one may factor in if the rangers play the way that 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 they're we you you want to see them play um they do get the winner of that carolina boston series and i think either of those teams is a tough matchup for the rangers but uh but i'm curious to see how that one unfolds because we know the bruins are going to at least take a piece out of Carolina, even if they're not going to beat them in that series. So um, we'll see how it ends up. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I think I want to stay away from Carolina as much as possible. I mean, you know, we know their goaltending situation is kind of up in the air, but I just, I haven't loved the, the Rangers have played pretty well against Carolina when they've, when they've seen them, but they've gotten hemmed in a lot against that team. Like that is a, the Carolina Hurricanes are a very, very good team. So I'd rather, I think they're going to win, but I'd I'd rather stay away from them if the Rangers could. So, I guess I'll have to bite the bullet and root for Boston, uh, which I don't <laughs> like, but we'll see. Well, uh, thank you, Chris. This was a good one. Teeing up a big game one tonight. And thanks, everybody out there, for listening to The Garden Faithful. If you're enjoying the show so far, please follow us on your favorite podcast platform and leave a five-star rating and a review. It really helps us grow the show. You can subscribe to The Athletic Audio Plus on Apple Podcasts to get all the bonus content from our entire network. Start with a 30-day free trial, and it's just 99 cents a month after that. And right now, you can subscribe to The Athletic for $1 a month for six months. You can visit theathletic.com slash TGF. Game one, Rangers-Penguins tonight. We'll be back again next week after a few games are done to evaluate and see where the Rangers are going. Thanks, everybody.